The great exchange is when something happens that's really, really good and you're the benefactor of it. If you have a, uh, a handful of rocks and you, and, you, and, you, and you hold them out and somebody says, oh, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you $1,000 for those rocks, I'd take that. Yeah, man, here, you can have these rocks. The, I'll take the $1,000. But wouldn't it be better said, I'll tell you what I'll even do. Better, I will give you $1,000 a day for the rest of your life if you'll give me that handful of rocks. I would say that was a great exchange, an absolutely wonderful exchange. Can I tell you about something even greater? I want to talk about the great exchange for your soul and for your life that's worth more than all the money in the world. The great exchange. Jesus died for our sin so that we will not have to die in our sin. Very, very powerful statement. Jesus died for our sin, mine and yours, that we would not have to die in our sin. Sin, missing the mark, an emptiness of life that can only be filled by God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For God made Christ who never sinned, never missed the mark, never had a bad thought, never had a bad attitude. How many of you can say that? None. So he didn't have any of that stuff. He never had bad behavior. He was never rude, disrespectful, or ugly. He was never unkind. He was absolutely perfect. And none of us can say that about us. But he who had never, ever, ever sinned throughout all eternity, never sinned, God made Christ to be the offering, the substitute, the price, the payment. For our sin. Our imperfection. Our ugliness. Our unkindness. Our pride. Our failure. He made him an offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ Jesus. This is the great exchange. God said, I've made my son Jesus Christ to be the substitute for you, the sacrifice for you, the Savior over you, that you would be able to, he would take your sin and you would take his righteousness, the great exchange. And therefore, when you take his righteousness, we're good, God would say. We're good. We're good forever. The great exchange. What does that look like? What really happened you know, we talk about the cross so much and we get so familiar with the story, sometimes we, we miss the things that are so, uh, so incredible. I want to talk about two of those. Here's the first one. It's simply this. Jesus identified with the consequence of sin. When he took our place, when he died for us, he identified with the consequence of sin, which is a loneliness, a loneliness. That's one of the consequences of sin. At some point, you're just all alone. Separated from God. Here's what Matthew 27, 46 says. He's hanging on the cross. He's been hanging there now for several hours. There's a darkness that's come over the land for three hours. He has gone through horrific suffering and pain. 
uh, unimaginable, indescribable what took place when he was beaten with a cat of nine tails, almost to the point of some would have died. He drags his cross up to a hill, and there he stretched down, and he's nailed to the cross beams and to the, to the, to the foot of the cross, and he's agonizing for breath. It's been a, the, everything has been so painful. And then, about 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lema, Sabathana, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you turned away from me? Now, we, we know the answer. But this is written in Scripture that we may wrestle with the answer. God in his holiness and perfection and righteousness would not look at the sin his son had become. Because at that moment in time on the cross, over the period of that, that crucifixion, he had become sin for us. He carried my stuff. He was crucified for my sin and for your sin, the sins of the world. Whatever could have been committed, thought, or acted on, he, he died for. Leaving nothing out. He died in our place. And you've, he said, God, you, you've turned away from me. The loneliness that comes from a separation from God because of sin is, is hard to understand. There's nothing like it. The heartache the Savior felt that day of Jesus as he hung on the cross for throughout eternity, there had never been a break of fellowship. There had never been a, a, a distance between him and the Father. They were one. And, and all of a sudden, the, the sin had caused something unique in the Holy Trinity. Never have been experienced. Sin caused a separation because it was my sin. It illustrated the seriousness of our condition. Before God, we are separated from God by our sin, and it doesn't matter how religious we try to be, how good we try to be, how kind we try to be, how sincere we try to be, it does not make up the ground, it does not change the condition of my life. I am born separated from God by my sin. My sin nature becomes very active and very obvious as we grow in life, and I've learned, here's what I know, I have, I have been the, 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 the lucky father of four children, and I never had to teach any of my four children how to lie or lose their temper. They just got it. Did you hit your sister? Sister's crying, bawling, yeah, she hit me, she hit no. Well, what happened? I don't know. Lie. Uh, one of my kids, when they lose their temper, the first time they really lost their temper, I guess they were trying to prove something. They, as hard as they could, they, took their head, they hit their head on the floor. And I thought, how's that working for you? <laughs> then they really were mad. They were so mad and crying. I don't have to teach them that. I never said, hey, why don't you hit your head on the floor? That'll make you feel better. I didn't do that. We don't, you know, we don't have to be taught how to sin. It just comes real natural because it's our nature. In the process, that puts us in a condition that separates us from Almighty Holy God. 
And therefore, because he loves us so much, he sent his son to, to change that condition in my life. To change it forever. I'm thinking, Lord, I, what a great exchange. And I got all this garbage in my life and you want to take it. And you experience that you identify with the consequence of sin. You experience it for a moment in time. The loneliness and separation of God, it is, it is indescribable what Jesus felt that moment in time. But he's trying to save us for, from, for forever experiencing that. Because if you die in your sin, you are forever separated from God in a place called hell. And there's no, there's no second chance. It's it. You're forever separated from the love. And the grace and the mercy of God and all that he would love to give to you and do in you. It's gone forever. If you die in your sin, you're hopelessly separated from God. Jesus experienced the agony of sin, the second thing. He experienced the agony of sin. He got thirsty. You know, we, we look at the cross and we think about all the horrific things of the cross and the torture it was, and it was a torturous death. Rome picked the crucifix as their way of torturing, literally torturing anyone who broke the law, the Roman law, or who rose up against Rome or challenged Rome's authority. They simply crucified you because they wanted you to suffer the ultimate pain and agony. And so here is Jesus experiencing this agony and this, this pain beyond description. And we realize about, we talk about the thorns and the, and the nails and, and the beating and, and the, the wrestling for breath. And all those are very hard to take in. But you know what really struck me as I was thinking about this week? And that is he was thirsty. He'd been hanging there for hours now and wrestling for breath. Mouth dehydration had set in, obviously. And his mouth was drawn, and all he would like is just, just some water. Just some water. He said, I'm thirsty. Thirsty. Well, he was giving wine and vinegar, but that wasn't he was one. And I thought, here is the here is the one. There was not even a drop of water for the one who gives living water. What does that mean, Pastor? That means if you die in your sin, there is no physical relief from the suffering you'll experience. Let me go to the story. As I thought about this, God just kind of connected the dots for me. I thought, I've never thought about it this way, but this I'll share it with you. Jesus had talked in, in Luke. He talked about a, a guy named Lazarus who was poor and had nothing in Luke 16. And he talked about how he struggled every day of his life, even to the point when he was, had wounds, the dogs licked his wounds. And, and he, and he, he kind of hung around the, the, the residence of a, of a rich man who was nameless. Because he had no relationship with God. And he hung around this rich guy. Well, they both died, and, and Lazarus went to, to be with, a, with God and, and, and experienced the, the, the promise of a, of a better life and a better world. Uh, in the bosom of Abraham paradise, and he goes, he's going, okay, man, I, I'm there. The rich man opens up his eyes in the other place. 
And Jesus is trying to communicate the difference. There are two places, there are two destinations. If Jesus takes care of your sin, you get to go and be with him. If you die in your sin, you go to the other place. We call it hell, lake of fire. It's a bad place, bad news. There's no, there's no good to it. There's no upside to it. There's no positive side to it. It's all bad. And so he said, okay, so the rich man wakes up and he sees Lazarus. He says, look, I am, uh, can, can Lazarus come? And I would just, I'm tormented in these flames. It is unbearable. I, I need relief from the suffering I'm experiencing. Can he bring me just a drop of water? Just a drop of water. Just a momentary, a split second of relief from what I'm experiencing. And he said, no, he can't, man. There's a separation between us. Ain't going to happen. And there's no relief from what you suffer. He identified for he identified our sin. He identified for us, and in us and with us. He did. Uh, here's who. Here's what I'm doing for you. I'm paying the price. I'm experiencing the consequences. I'm suffering. So you don't have to. It's called the great exchange. What does it take to make that exchange, Pastor? It takes a defining moment of faith when you realize Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you from your sin condition. And be your Savior and Lord. And you accept what he did. You receive what he did. You commit your whole life to what he did for you. You give him your sin. And you take his rightness with God. 